editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com and we are podcasting on thursday november 6 2014 uh, and we do want to say of course that means that any news that breaks after about 10 p.m on thursday we are not responsible for in this podcast uh but of course that is uh my fabulous announcer our man in los angeles i'm nate costa and actually uh me Maintaining the whole thing from his own special secret, the bread cave, but I'm not there because tonight I'm a man in Los Angeles, uh, our podcast producer and moral compass. Rick Brett Snyder, your man in San Jose. Yeah, there we go. Oh, you've revealed where the bread cave is. Now people are going to look for that uh, traffic sign to go down where's the, when the Brett Mobile is going to come out. And uh, we say that because, of course, I, I believe next week is when the Batman 66 uh, Blu-ray and DVD collections come out. Oh, it's so glorious. Uh, <laughs> Can yes. we also talk about how epic this year, just real quick, Batman 66 on Blu-ray, Pee-wee's Playhouse on Blu-ray. This is true. That's pretty epic. Uh, Paul Rubens was on The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. And they show, they shot Pee-wee's Playhouse in, on film and then transferred it to video for TV. They're taking all of the film, redoing everything to put it on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And they showed a, a screenshot, and it looks amazing. You know that's yeah. something, that's something that I would watch that that set of I, I would hope I hope and pray that there is a second audio track of commentary. That would be it would, awesome. It would be intriguing. I'd love to. I'd love to see that. And of course, we're jumping the gun on television, but I don't mind. I know. I jumped right Nate's, to it because it was on, right when a, you said Batman sixty six. I couldn't we, help but think of Pee Wee. And we've talked about that as a Blu-ray release, and uh, you know, Wired just ran a fantastic article. I got to say, and I'll give a shout out. Tom Galloway was the person on my Facebook feed who had posted it. Uh, of Wired explained the legal detangling that had to happen in order for that to come, and it's just you know, and we've talked about this before too. It is it is amazingly sad to me how once everything has become an intellectual property, how uh, labyrinthine the um, the legalities become and and like how many people had to get paid off in order for Batman 66 to finally come. And I didn't realize this. Adam West had recorded episode commentaries about five years ago and sold them on his website so that if he died before it came out, wow, they'd, they'd exist. So 
you know, I mean, that's and I and I talked to him about that about how you know he was like it was just not going to happen in his lifetime. But I had not realized he'd taken that step. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Watching those episodes with his commentary. He's the man. <laughs> He's great. So let us go. We've got. You know, we'll we've talked about that one before, so we'll say we've got some comics news, we've got some movie news. It's been a big couple of weeks for movies and television, but more specifically, movies and television related to comics. So <laughs> it's like, you know, and that's why we're here. It's all one big fanboy planet, if you will, uh, of, of of intellectual properties crossing over, transmedia properties, if you will. And uh, and so appropriately, as I speak of such convergences. DC announced convergence last week, and that has been one of the big new, big pieces of news. As they plan to move to the West Coast from the East Coast, they have two months where they wanted to have an event ready in the hopper, ready to go. And so it's a big crossover, which doesn't necessarily undo the new 52, but does uh, establish that every other story that we've ever loved uh, and it all exists in Grant Morrison's head and is completely uh, canonical. That's Morrison's law, isn't it? It's what we shall now call it. If it hasn't been, it is Morrison's law that all-star Superman is just as valid as Earth 2 Superman. And I'm not talking about the world's end, but (laughs) I'm talking about the original Earth 2, which was actually once just Earth because they didn't know there was going to be another one and that kind of thing. So all those exist. And the weird thing, and I don't know if if, if really we can say – uh, maybe DC picked this up, was that Jamal Eigel had actually posted a year ago on Facebook that his he had a dream. He knew how to solve all the things that people were upset about, and it was going to begin with the New 52 Superman encountering the... And he has like three pages scripted out he put on Facebook that uh, of, of the New 52 Superman encountering the 1970s, 1980s, uh, you know, I guess you say the John Byrne Man of Steel Superman. And so it's like, and what have they said? That's essentially how Convergence is going to begin a year later. And it's not Jamal Eigel writing it. It's uh, Dan Jurgens and Ethan Van Skyver is going to do the art for the first issue, which will spawn a whole bunch of because you're going to have to have about basically 52 comic books each month uh that that span this story of convergence so um did they say that that's an actual number that they're going to have this week this that would they maintain 52 a month they they made they maintain 52 comics a month and if everything else is suspended for this two months then that's going to be 104 comics I mean, which they've done. You've had your Villains Month, you know, and people can take or leave. So I don't know how much that's going to be that people have to uh, buy everything to get a grasp of the story. I don't know. I, I don't know. Have a question. I, did uh, Weird Western get canceled? Yes. Ah. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti did announce that. Uh, I think last month was the last issue of Weird okay, Western. Because I noticed it didn't, didn't come out for a while. So. Hmm. That, and that's why. Because it will never, I'm sorry, I never say never, because they'll need to trademark, uh, to renew the trademark on that title. Yeah. Uh, so it will appear in It'll some just time form. travel again. Um, I think it's time to put Hex back in the future. Let's see. Um, 
on the flip side of time traveling, uh, Secret Wars from Marvel uh, released uh, some information about their battle world. As we say on the other side, Marvel is doing a similar thing, a convergence of almost every crossover event they've had they don't uh, they so far have not released atlantis attacks and uh they did do a they did the year of future past i'm trying to think of what was that one that involved that weird mutant named ahab uh in, in marvel fall of the mutants i think is the one is another one that hasn't been uh being revisited but it occurs to me that the Secret Wars, the battle world in the first one was that it was like a mosaic of, of different places, like there were cities from different, it was almost like Brainiac, um, that I'm wondering if all those crossover images now, if it all ties into Secret Wars and what the, what the Beyonder is doing is gathering pieces of realities and uh, pieces of crossovers, it's almost like Oh my God, it could be Disney Infinity 3. You could play through every single crossover there is. Ahab was in Days of Future Present. Days of Future Present, okay. Believe it or not. <laughs> I just, I, yeah, he was weird. That's all. And I think that accidentally I bought the Toy Biz action figure, uh, which I'm sure I will uh, be selling on eBay soon. So, um, but the biggest crossover for me, and it's a, it's weird because it's just rare that anything in the world of, of manga excites me. Um, and it's not a crack on manga; it's just I'm not I'm not really into it. But one of the few that I that I think is a good concept. I'm not, you know, I still am not sold on like it being a great, a well told story. Um, I don't know, but Rick, because you said you're watching the anime. I don't know if you've read any of the manga, but it's Attack on Titan which they talk about as Japan's walking dead. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I, I'd, I'd go with that. I mean, the the, the manga, I think, um, moves slower than the anime, oddly enough. Okay, and that's why I have to give the anime a fair sh shake. I feel like Attack, uh, that that it's a really, it's one of those books where it's a really cool concept. And I like the helplessness that people have, that, that the characters feel in the face of the implacability of what the Titans are, at least early on. And, uh, but I just, I, I find the art sometimes very difficult to follow. It's, it's, a, it's incredibly disturbing visually because the, the Titans themselves have faces that feel like still shots out of real life. You know? Yeah. And just yeah, like and a, it, like a random shot of somebody's face just impressed on this unmovingly horrific creature. Right. So for people who don't know what Attack on Titan is, basically the idea is humanity has been has retreated into a, into a fortress city state, uh, three rings and uh, of walls for humanity to retreat to because the Earth has been overrun by these things they call titans that look like huge giant naked and sometimes in places skinless human beings who seem to exist only to eat humans. And uh, so it, it, it's, I, I read an interview with the creator and he said part of it was he was trying to give a metaphor for um, the complacency of the Japanese people. And so there it is, this enemy that comes and all it does is eat. But it only eats humans in and in that like when the humans have walled off for a hundred years, the Titans basically are just standing still across the earth and not eating animals, not doing anything they and they're almost almost immortal. You cut off their head, they heal, but there's a way to if you get them at the base of the spine uh so um and one young 
the one young hero of the of the book uh, has been experimented upon by his father and has the ability discovers that he has the ability to transform into a more powerful titan to fight back. Um, but even more importantly than this kid, I think his name is Aaron. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, the people that really need to fight back against the Titans are the Avengers naturally. So Marvel announced this week that they're going to be crossing over, uh, in Japan only in a Japanese, uh, magazine will have a, a, a story of the Avengers facing off against a tall blonde Titan who, uh, Rick was telling me before the podcast is very important in the anime, which I have not yet gotten to those episodes. So, or, and not gotten to them in the manga either. And yes, Rick, I think I'd agree with you is that I, I felt like I think that the first episode of the anime covered the first volume of the manga, which was like actually four or five issues. Um, and I felt that yeah, the, the, the TV version was going much faster. And yeah. they're doing a live action film, too. The, it's a the, big... the show does a lot of, uh, kind of very interesting military. Um, they, they have a, a set of scouts that go out and they have a well thought through reasoning for how they act and their the the militaristic attitudes that they have which are different than what you normally think of when you think of militaristic it's it's really complex even though it looks really uh, devastatingly simple it looks like uh the walking dead with strange sizes but it really is much different so, the walking dead with strange sizes well, yes I mean, the, so the, the zombies were three stories tall yeah yes Yes, exactly. So, uh, Nate, anything we haven't heard from you in a while here? Hello? <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> you know how much Nate loves... Nate loves manga almost as much as he loves Doctor Who. That's, that is a fair assessment of that situation. Uh, I think what's going to happen here is that uh, your child is going to be a... <laughs> a mongroid? A, a, a fan of Doctor Who manga. <laughs> I don't even know if that exists, but that's what's going to happen for you. I'm sorry. You're just doomed now. It uh, must exist. This child will invent Doctor Who manga. I think that what we need to start off, uh, Rick, um, I we, we should give Baby Costa one of those plush Matt Smiths uh, that talks when you squeeze it, and uh, it'll be done. Uh, <laughs> It's an evil scheme I have. Anyway, let's. Uh, speaking of evil schemes, uh, the evil scheme in cinema, which is to make sure that we go to a superhero movie every month in the next two, three, four, five, six years. Sounds good uh, to me. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, so uh, while uh, we were off for a week, uh, Marvel announced last week, uh, and again, you know, talk about the the um, lessening impact from the studio's perspective, really, on conventions. You just had New York Comic Con, where 150,000 people went. More than the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, At least as far as the initial estimates go. go. And because of Marvel and DC being there, at least this year, you know, there was a whole, like, it was a week-long event, the whole city kind of, uh, or Manhattan agreed to being, like, you know, a week of Comic Con. But they didn't really make big announcements there. They waited a few uh, a week after, and at the El Capitan in um, Hollywood last week, which I wish I was there. 
I know. I wish you'd been there too. Uh, <laughs> it's like I wish I'd been there, and I'm like going, wait, how come? What? Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know who got invited. I don't know how, but there was. A well, big... You could just sign up. I went. Um, they posted it on Facebook. It said, "Hey, sign up and come to this." And I clicked on it, and it was already sold out. I mean, it's just a theater, so I'm sure there were only a couple hundred seats there, if that. It's a big theater. It is, is a big it? theater, so uh, it, it, it's their show place. Um, so, uh, but still, let's say 500. Uh, and even when you say 500, uh, that's not a lot compared, considering what people were going to hear and what they wanted to see. And uh, that was that Kevin Feige talked about uh, Phase Three of Marvel and made, uh, as we were all excited about the DC uh, announcement, or sorry, the Warner announcements a week before. Uh, Marvel got in, and with their schedule, they're essentially going to, even though Warner announced certain things first, uh, Marvel is going to get to the cinema with them first. That we, uh, that if you pay close attention to the Age of Ultron trailer, you may have realized Andy Serkis was in there uh, in, in character looking suspiciously like, I was going to say, Irwin Claw, but that's uh, Betty Page's photographer. It's uh, Ulysses Claw. It, it would be a great, who, uh, a great, a, a very different film if it was. <laughs> mm, I just want you to think about it. I, uh, uh, Wanda, Wanda uh, Maximoff. I, I want to take some pictures <laughs> of you this afternoon. That's good. Uh, you know, I'm okay with Black Widow as well, but uh, he's playing Ulysses, a character that looks like Ulysses Claw, who becomes Claw, the master of sound, who is one of Black Panther's arch enemies, right. and we know that Vibranium has something to do with Ultron. So uh, there was a lot of rumor after the Age of Ultron trailer was leaked that uh, okay, that with Andy Serkis' presence there, that there must be some hint of Black Panther. Well, yeah, they announced uh, that Black Panther was coming, uh, and that is in f- Phase 3, and that they have cast him. And um, I have to say, so, Black Panther won't be Black Panther unless there are giant purple elephants made out of sound. No, that's that's Claw. won't be Claw no, unless I mean, there are no, giant purple elephants made out of sound. Claw would be the one making the giant purple elephants made out of sound. Mm-hmm. Right, right. We yeah. we we don't yet know what the uh, what uh, the what the villain's gonna you know if it's Claw will be the main one. But they did announce that Chadwick Boseman, who has played uh, Jackie Robinson, and uh, in Forty Two uh, last year, and James Brown in Get On Up. Um, so a, a good actor, critically acclaimed actor, has been cast, and he already said, yes, it's basically like uh, the most attention I could have possibly gotten. This is amazing. So he has cast as Black Panther, which tells me he's probably appearing somewhere in Age of Ultron. Um, they also announced uh, what had been rumored is that Captain Marvel gets her own solo film. Uh, whether or not she appears in Age of Ultron, we don't know. Uh, but she'll be in 2018, so she you know may be she going head-to-head with Wonder Woman, and she's beating Shazam by a year, despite my best hopes that the once-in-future Captain Marvels would be facing you know what she uh, down each other in the box office. She could appear in uh, Guardians, too. 
She could, because Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was also announced, as was The Inhumans. Uh, there was a little footage of Ant-Man actually shown on television this week, but uh, not mentioned in Phase 3. And Nate, am I missing anything besides the big, except, well, Captain America 3, Civil War, we knew that was coming. But that The Avengers 3 is one of those things that Rick and I, I think, debated hotly on the podcast a few weeks ago, which is one movie split into two. Avengers The Infinity War is listed officially as part one and part two to be released a year apart from each other. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. And that tells me uh, I'm going I'm, you know, to make my suspicion now. It's actually that that will also include the Guardians of the Galaxy. Basically, everybody will be there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they did officially announce Doctor Strange, but they did not officially announce who Doctor Strange would be. Now, the rumor was that uh, – because that was in, in what passes for, as I've said before, internet journalism, comics journalism, that Benedict Cumberbatch had been had been cast as Doctor Strange. And I tweeted it on Fanboy Planet to at least say uh, – on by the way, if you're not following us on Twitter, at Fanboy Planet, that uh, we were – that sounded like a really good choice. But when people were saying it's a done deal, I'm like, no, it's not a done deal until Marvel actually officially says it. And Kevin Feige never mentioned the words – Benedict Cumberbatch just said that if we if we had a deal in place, we'd be announcing it. Although he was seen later that evening in the men's room saying it in a mirror three times. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. Exactly. Uh, that's what Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, new fiancé must have done, because you may have heard the sound of hearts breaking all across the internet this week on that one. But uh, it just means that now... It's as if a million hearts screamed out at the same time. He is no longer the Cumber Bachelor, and they're looking forward to the Cumber Babies. So, um, and if you're a Grateful Dead fan, they've got the Cumberland Blues. So, anyway, uh, that's probably the deepest uh, (laughs) cut we'll go into um, (laughs) on the podcast ever. But... uh, Yes. Uh, So, the other thing that I thought was like, I don't know how much... Rick, you had paid attention to it, but there was a little Kevin Feige tease that made me go like, now he's just paying attention to Rick alone and wants to just mess with Rick Brettschneider's head. (laughs) Well, Kevin and I have this thing back and forth. Well, he hinted about um, that he basically said, as for Spider-Man coming back, um, either that's just a silly rumor or we can't talk about it yet. (laughs) So it was like... You are, man, you know, the spirit of Steve Jobs came up and said, no, I, I bow to you. You are a master at, at doing the one more thing. And because now you've got to be waiting a year for the one more thing. So I still stand by that because uh, there's been a lot heating up with Sony on the idea of they think that the solution to revitalizing the Spider-Verse, if you will, is to have a female character uh, get a solo film. Uh, and that there are plenty, but the other thing we really didn't talk about because it sort of exploded behind us is if I'm sure Nate's reading Spider Verse. I know I know that Rick is. Uh, I am might... reading the ones contained in Amazing Spider Man. Oh, okay. okay. So you have not seen the Edge of Spider Verse with the Gwen Stacy. I saw the Gwen Stacy because she is in the first okay. uh, Amazing she... Spider Man crossover. She is getting her own solo book. 
and they've already uh, people already recorded the song that her band, the Mary Janes, recorded. Uh, you know, allegedly had as their hit single in that in that book. Uh, and so basically, she is, if you will, to borrow from National Periodical Publications, the sensational character find of 2014. And so it's possible that, you know, if you missed, uh, if you were sorry that Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy, uh, I hope this is not spoilers, died at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2. What? Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, She's undead. And no, exactly. She's not. <laughs> She's going to have spider powers and come back. And potentially, I, I, this is just the rumor, one of the many rumors, because it could be Black Cat, because they sort of set up Black Cat in Spider-Man 2. Uh, but uh, that that because Gwen Stacy, the new Gwen Stacy, I don't know what they're calling her, if they're calling her Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman, um, she is so... Uh, Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen, that she, you know, there was cosplay at New York, comic-con already you know that she just struck a chord that sony has the rights to do it because it's a spider-verse title so um we may be seeing seeing emma stone back with spider powers an alternate universe certainly no crazier than say a mining colony inside a celestial's head and people bought that so you know i think that's gonna that's gonna work just fine. Before we um, get too far away from the Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, one the one thing that that I was thrilled to see in that I don't think we've ever commented on it was Hawkeye getting his regular uniform. Did you see that? Did you notice he's got the? Tunic? I didn't really notice that. He's got so the tunic. I'm, I'm thrilled because you've said it. I will go back and rewatch it. Um, because it's not I'm, shocking I'm, purple. It's kind of a grayish purple, maybe maybe just gray, but uh, it's definitely the uh, the down to the calf or not the the uh, mid thigh. Great, I'm 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 ex- everything excited about it. You know, still no Hulk solo film, uh, but but back to Age of Ultron. You know, we, there had been that leak a couple of weeks ago, and it's, it's worth speaking about for news that. Uh, that a judge, uh, I just followed up on this story a little bit, and a, a judge allowed um, that uh, Marvel gets to move forward and demanded of Google that they give the records of the person who first uploaded the Age of Ultron trailer. Uh, They're going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law that leak. And um, my theory, my suspicion had been two weeks ago that Marvel leaked it themselves. And I am very wrong. And or in it's a way, going to be a really interesting lawsuit. You know, it turns out they're suing themselves. It's, it's Oedipus the King all over again. Uh, or, if you will, it's uh, Valerie Plain. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so that this, this is, they're going to pursue. And, and uh, it ties in, you know, with like, with, you know, certainly with Taylor Swift pulling from Spotify again, that people work hard to create these. Uh, to create these works, these art, even when they're just teasing that art, they should have the right to, I don't think as a fan, perhaps ironically running a podcast about this where people want to talk about news and, and what could possibly be, I still think that Marvel has every right to control when that gets out there. And so I'm I'm supportive of I, well, I hope the guy's not sued out of existence because it was just a dumb, enthusiastic mistake. Um at best, I'll admit, uh, you know, at, at, at worst, what damage did they really do? Marvel turned it around and turned it into something even better by uh, by adding footage, 
which, by the way, Comcast On Demand did not show at the end of S.H.I.E.L.D. They just showed the, and now, <laughs> special sneak preview of Age of Ultron, and then went right to the end credits of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm really ticked about that. But still, um, you know, they, they turn it into their favor. So, uh, and in some ways, this guy might have actually done them a favor, but I, I, I don't know. So, it's interesting that they have that they are pursuing um, and it makes somebody think twice about uh, leaking that Batman v Superman, that's for sure, um, which is possibly coming. So uh, a trailer supposed to hit before the end of the year, allegedly on that. But of other things that got people upset this week, of course, Star Wars, the title has been announced, Episode 7. It's actually not called Episode 7, which had more people upset about that than about this week's mid midterm elections. So... Uh, who wants sure, to get? Are we to... sure they're not going to use the episode seven bit at all? Um, there was, a, I think it was the Forcenet I saw on on Twitter. Uh, several places that are like uh, very connected as far as insider knowledge said they've made phone calls and they are uh, they can confirm that episode seven has been dropped from the title. The graphic that Disney released did not have episode seven right. in it, but I'm trying to think about. I think. Doesn't it just say it in the scroll? See, that's what I'm trying to remember. I think The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi I don't think didn't have it the didn't have it in the logo, no. but I think that the bad trilogy did. I think it did say Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode Two, you know. But anyway, episode I can go look at the DVDs right now. Hold on. <laughs> Okay. But while Nate's saying that, I it's between you and myself, uh, Rick, to be able to announce what that title is. And what they did announce was the chapter title is The Force Awakens. And it's, again, I feel like we're living in an, in, and it does explain what happened in our country in the midterm elections with some people perplexed, like, how could you vote for liberal policies but vote a bunch of conservatives into office or return them to office? People with 10% approval ratings getting, uh, you know, but 90% of them get reelected. And I think that, that Star Wars Episode Seven. uh, some of the Marvel Slate stuff, some of the news, you know, what's happening is, is endemic to it, is that there was so much outrage over something that ultimately is ridiculous. Please remember, everybody was outraged at the titles The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and, well, actually, people liked Revenge of the Sith because it harkened back to the original title of Return of the Jedi. Uh, but, um, you know, everybody thought Attack of the Clones was a stupid title, and... Now, Why would that be stupid if the, it's about the Clone War? But they've just gotten used to it over time. They've gotten numbed to it. Right. Although, although right. Phantom Menace is, is, it is in context, a brilliant title for, uh, well, for that's a plot the point line I'm that make, no one could follow and understand for, what that meant. It's for Star Wars, if you recall, you know, I mean, the people keep losing track of, George Lucas, in particular, was naming, was trying to recreate the feeling, or at least he claimed so retroactively, trying to re recreate the feeling of Flash Gordon yeah. conquers the universe and Buck Rogers in the 25th century and Jungle the movie serials. And those chapter titles are silly and foreboding and lurid. I mean, that's what it is, you know? And I agree with you. The Phantom Menace was a brilliant title. And probably the best thing about that movie was its title. And <laughs> the, but then, yes, having to explain to people for years Better than the pod racing, Derek. 
yes. Uh, except in Star Tours. I do like the pod racing sequence in the Star Tours ride. But, uh, but you know, that's a different rant. But you, but others have said it more articulately. But the reality is, if you did never watch Phantom Menace, it would not affect your understanding of the story remaining at all. Right. And so, right, you know. And you're referring, of course, to the the preferred now preferred viewing which which is four five the the lobo not the lobo one uh yeah i can't remember what it's called now but it's four five two three six yes because that is actually dramatically the best best disclosure of the story well i still think the best disclosure of the story is just four five six because you really don't need two three except i do love me some senator bale organa uh so jimmy smith's it's a powerful man. Uh, are, are you watching <laughs> Rebels? He's great in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, are you watching what? Rebels? I have. Uh, I got. I got to catch up because I watched the first episode. I loved it. Yeah. Luke and I watched it, and I watched that or whatever whatever they called it. That was the the preview episode where the they movie? introduced the hour long one. The hour long one. That's yeah. what I've watched, and I. I sat there, and it wasn't just because I had my my kid with me. I was sitting there with a smile on my face because I went, "That's Star Wars." Yeah, that's what I felt like watching what is now Episode Four. You know that it's like, "Oh, what's going on? Oh, cool, these characters are funny, and yeah, they're a little shallow because it's a kid show." You know, and that's I thought I thought it was great, and I've heard people didn't like couple episodes after that but i i want to go back and i i want to buy the book you know that novel that pre- prequel novel they wrote because i i, I want to catch up i liked those characters i liked the idea of a, of a rogue jedi we did not know about who's desperately hiding but unlike obi-wan um still trying to do something you know um so but the back to the point is the, these titles have always been like you know, movie serials. So fan, they all made sense. So the force awakens. Yes. Okay. The force doesn't need to awaken, but perhaps it does, you know, I mean, no, I think it's, that's, I, it's a it, metaphorical title. It's not literally like all the midichlorians go, did anything happen while we were asleep? You know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, um, it makes sense to me. If you, if you look back at what they did with the expanded universe, where, you had this kind of this shattered Jedi, uh, this shattered group of Jedi, the 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 few that remained, and then Luke started growing it through the Academy. No, I mean, there's the reality is that you know, Return of the Jedi doesn't. It it really isn't Return of the Jedi. It's the Return of one Jedi. Right. <laughs> and so yeah, he it, has it, to go. And, he, and he really just doesn't. He, he never left. Really, it's. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. And, and, you know, another one of those interesting things that Mark Hamill now is the same age that Alec Guinness was, you know, and you go, and he still looks much, you know, he looks, he's had a, looks a little beaten up, but he still looks a little younger. Than yeah, Alec definitely Guinness. looks younger than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and, and the flip side, I, I like that title. Everything about, about episode seven has got me excited, and if they drop the title Episode 7, I'm okay with that too. But I'm just saying the outrage on the internet, whether Trump's nerd up or not, rage. nerd rage is ridiculous. And that's what I say. Is our, our, we are in a culture now where it's like anger is our first reaction, and then you, and then you do something stupid. Well, um, that whole, the whole Gamergate <laughs> thing is just is a big example of that. 
Oh my God! I, you know, too, too you know, we haven't even, we haven't even touched it. I asked a friend of mine who was much more steeped in the gaming community than than myself um, if he would write something up, and he and he and he really hasn't. I think the moment may have passed because everybody knows about it now. Chris Garcia wrote a really good article on it. He, yeah, didn't choose to share it with me, but uh, that's okay. Um, I do sure think. Well, I, I, you know, I may have to now because I asked her, you know, someone else, and he just didn't come, didn't do it, and that's all right. People get busy. We understand. Uh, we only do this for the glory, and um, so I mean, it is a perfect example. That rage is ridiculous, and uh, and the flip side, like Felicia Day gave that, you know, I'll tell you honestly, um, if we can touch on Gamergate. For, uh, for just a moment, it's like Felicia Day had put a post up about how she used to really like gamers and and feel like they were her people, and then she saw a couple guys in gaming shirts on the street and crossed the street to avoid them because she felt in the midst of all this Gamergate things she no longer trusted everybody. And I and my my gut reaction had been like I really had not steeped had not delved deep into it. I didn't understand like it had blown up and I didn't even notice it was happening because I'm not that heavy a gamer. And so my first reaction on her post was like, aren't you just being a little melodramatic? And then it turns out that after she posted this and saying she was afraid that people were going to like basically internet stalk her and release all her info. And I can't remember. There's a, there's a, a hip cyber she name. Doxed. Doxed. Um, that she did. Yep. That they did it. And it's like, you sons of you know, then I felt horrible. I mean, I don't, I don't know her at all, so I couldn't like say, "I'm sorry that I didn't take you seriously." You know, I, but I, you know, I am. I'm horribly sorry that I didn't because you know what? She disagrees with you. It doesn't mean she gets that you get to destroy a semblance of privacy. Right. Um, no, it's it's a really confused and convoluted thing because there, Gamergate gets used by people who are actively trying to get some ethical journalism in gaming reporting not that there's not that that's all that important to anyone other than them uh, i mean it's not right it's it's not like it's not like there's a there's a grand scheme of illegal reporting activity going on that, but uh that's what they're talking about but then you have these other people who kind of take it and run with it and and run insanely uh bashing and trolling and 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 then doxing uh and threatening really vile evil threats uh when they've exposed someone's someone's address and home and loved ones and uh it's just and it's rude if you don't if you even if if you could take out that extreme that horrible extreme behavior or extremist behavior which is unfortunately way too common in in this event uh it, it, it does remind me of, you know, a few years ago at Comic-Con, and I've had these conversations with people, it didn't get this bad at all, but how people were outraged that Twilight fans were coming into Comic-Con. Yeah. And, and and that I hear old fans say, like, I'm mad that I see, you know, um, uh, Moms. A, a, a football player wearing an Iron Man shirt, and you know he only likes it because of the movies. And I've kind of had that conversation with people where I go, no, I do get it, you know, uh, Again, don't know that that was this is really Nate's experience growing up, and I'm not going to speak for yours either, Rick. But I know that when I was in uh, junior high and high school, liking the things I liked, it was not cool, and I was bullied. But I wasn't bullied 
we're in, again because we're in California. It's a bubble. I got to say, whatever happens to the rest of the country, California gets cushioned a little bit. Um, I, I, I really, the more I go or, or travel around the country, the more I believe that's true. You know, it, it, because people will tell me stories and I go, ah, oh, that's not what I experienced at all. But you know, you can believe well, a little bit. That happened. But, that happened to me as well. And I would say that nowadays, even if you have the jock and the Iron Man suit. He would still be beating up on the punny guy in the Iron Man suit, the Iron Man shirt. That that well, that, no, you know what? Mentality. If you're wearing an Iron Man suit to shirt to school, you probably do deserve it. But you right. know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Derek. I know, I'm kidding. But that's what I'm saying is, I do understand the, the that that feeling of being bullied and feeling like this was ours. But on my on the other hand, I love that uh, one I you know because I'm a parent I get to share that with my kids and it's like and that's something we bond over and it's really cool but I, I love talking with people I, I can't tell you because uh, I, I you know I'd have to keep no I, I can't tell you how it has been very interesting to me in my new job that one of the things that people find interesting at uh, meet and greet events have been that uh, you know oh you're the you're the guy that likes comics you know, and so, and, and then it becomes, it's a way in, and people kind of come up to me and start talking about their enjoyment of comics, and, and not just there, but, you know, but overall, I mean, just kind of that, it's that it's the, the weird thing, I love that connection and that suddenly wi wider group. I don't think people, I, I would disagree with you actually, Rick, I don't think kids today are bullied the way we were because there's been such anti-bullying campaigning done. Um, um, having had a, I mean, you've got well, no, 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 no. Okay. But I think within the last 10 years, I think, unfortunately, uh, your family's experience, it, it was too early. Um, but, and again, I'm in a California bubble and I, and one, I was also in a private school bu bubble watching that for a while and, and seeing that the reality people do pick on people, but I, I think, but responding with violence and anger also just makes the problem worse um you know and it does feel like at its root is people people want to just hold on and make it their little exclusive thing and i just don't think that's our culture anymore we're all subcultures ballooning out into culture and uh so you know gaming is uh, good gosh the guy playing uh agent colson um you know does play medal of honor he does play all the video games um i've got <laughs> you know i, I I, I don't know. It, it's just uh, it, it's uh, it, the whole thing is just so reprehensible to me. And so, and on the flip side, it's like I don't want I don't want people to be alienated from finding fandom. Like I said, if a guy's a guy likes Iron Man, he likes Iron Man. I'm impressed that you can go to Forever 21 and there's an entire wall of Marvel T-shirts for girls, because I would not have ever imagined that being a reality when I myself was in high school. Not that there was a Forever 20. Was there a Forever 21, Nate? When we were in high school? Well, you were in high school uh, after me. So it was yeah, that? So it was way after you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, well, when you get that college acceptance letter, you let me know. You talk big, big. <laughs> okay, so. I'm trying to think when Forever 21. It was at the mall when I worked at the mall. It was at the mall. That was when I was in college. So well, sometime in the late nineties, I would think so. Mid to late nineties. Yeah. Okay. But I'd say even then walking around and seeing, seeing, and they certainly didn't have that stuff back then. 
Yeah, you know. But so I've uh, picked up stuff for Tiffany from there that is Marvel. And I was like, wow, they sell this here. Oh yeah, I took I, I took my kids and my son like he he buried his head in his T-shirt and I said just stare at the Marvel wall and realize what a what a marvelous age you live in no pun intended you know that like you can stand in the middle of Forever Twenty One and and you can read T-shirts <laughs> that will will help you catch up on continuity. Uh, <laughs> so the I, first Forever Twenty One was known as Fashion Twenty One in Los Angeles in nineteen eighty four. Well, still there. Thank you, our research guy. Uh, <laughs> he's like, boom, he's there. Boom, Fashion 21. Do I have to take my daughter? Uh, yeah. It doesn't say when it started to spread, though. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So, uh, so the other thing. Hate bad. Hate that. There we go. Or hate the other thing that I have a feeling like tomorrow is going to be like people getting upset is that Pixar and Disney announced that they're going to do a Toy Story 4 after the trilogy ended so nicely and made everybody cry. Um, now I'm going to go back to a fourth one. But I mean, they've been doing television sequels, uh, or, or I don't want to call them sequels because they kind of exist in their own yeah. sort of the toys world, the Toy Story of Terror. They could and, have taken uh, place between movies. The Toy Story, the time for. Um, no, actually they couldn't because they used the characters from three, oh, the girls, okay. the little girls. So they're, they're all after, but they're still, um, you know, uh, but they're its own little world. They're, they're a little slow. They're, you know, it's almost like having comic book adventures. So, um, you know, so people are a, a little upset that there's going to be a, uh, Toy Story four, um, Wah, another movie in a franchise I love. Wah. <laughs> No, see, could you imagine that's what people are getting upset about? That's Actually, what I mean. They're, it's going to be they're they're going back and they're going to do the first three episodes because it actually started with four. Oh, okay. So it's going to be so it's a uh, Phantom Woody Toy Beans. Box is the first one. The, okay, 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 and then Attack of the Soldiers. Yeah, yeah. that that actually works, and uh, yeah, then Return the, of the Dinosaur. Revenge of the Dinosaur. Revenge, Revenge of Rex, yeah. Um, or would it be Revenge, uh, well, I guess, uh, what's his name? Revenge of Sid? No. What's his name didn't show up till the first Toy Story, right? Buzz Lightyear? Yes. No, you're right. It's all about uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Buzz Lightyear's youth. So this is all pre-Buzz. It's, it's Buzz all, prequels. It's a series of By stories showing how close Bud Buzz and uh, Woody actually were without being aware of each other. Oh, sure. It's, uh, they keep passing Rosen, each other in hallways and stuff. Rosen, Buzz, and Woody Stern are dead. Um, but, uh, by the way, people, that's not actually any of it. Uh, <laughs> we, we have no idea what's going on, except that um, Disney just uh, built another printing press and began printing money. Uh, so, over all the complaints... Everybody will go, and it's going to come out in 2017. And uh, so I'm not upset about that. Um, and I and I, and I do want to talk about you know as we move to t television. One of the things with the Warner Brothers uh, announcement uh, of you know where Marvel is. Well, Rick was just excited about Hawkeye getting his suit a couple weeks ago on Shield. We got uh, Bobby uh, Barbara Morse uh, introduced into um, S.H.I.E.L.D. continuity, uh, being uh, Hawkeye's wife, Mockingbird. Uh, so, uh, and the other guy's ex-wife. The other guy's ex-wife. I kind of enjoyed that. I haven't – well, there wasn't a new episode this week, was it? It was another No, it was special. the uh, – did you watch the special? Uh, no, I did not. 
That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll catch it. Um, they uh, had uh, Jack Kirby's son in it. Oh, yeah, because you may have noticed in the past two weeks that um, now uh, all the Marvel titles that Jack Kirby touched give him credit. It is now created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Cool. Yeah, it's it's long, long, long overdue. Just in time for the Fantastic Four to go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's still not fantastic. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, craptastic flop. Yeah, I may have gotten a little inside uh, knowledge, but I can't talk about it on the podcast um, because I, I wouldn't want to betray. But it's not anything that would make us happy anyway. So, um, but uh, yeah, so so we've got that, and at the same time, you know, we we know that you know that all of it ties into into uh, the movies but of course Warner Brothers seems to have this split thing and uh, we know that a different actor is going to play the Flash on screen as opposed to uh, Grant Gustin who is burning it up uh, as the Flash on television I mean record setting ratings for the CW did, and did you watch you, the episode with Captain Cold I did watch Captain Cold I haven't watched this week's episode there but, wasn't one this week Oh, good. Then I did watch Captain Cold. Did you? Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought he just. Perfect. I did, because it established even though he's a killer, almost like that the the respect is starting. Yeah. And and the you know and it's because Jeff Johns co-wrote the the teleplay. The whole thing and, that we don't kill cops, we don't kill cops. Oh, by the way, you're dead. Boom. And yeah. Yeah. You know the 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 that he's going clearly, uh, and it's a good, it's not a bad actor playing, you know, uh, playing Len Snart, and that they that it's all there. I and that he got away. You know, I was like, oh, I mean, this is a TV show that gets why people love these characters, and it shouldn't be a surprise. One of the things Jeff John said in an interview was that it's like that he considers it like a multiverse. So that television is its own universe, hmm. mm -hmm. so the characters can coexist, and and the movies are, are are a different universe. But look, we accept that in comics. Why don't we accept? Why why don't people automatically just accept that on uh, on other media? And, uh, that was an interesting point. And then people would say, you know, it's you're still not really going to see your favorite TV character cro actor crossover with your movie actor, but. You know, so Stephen Amell... Which is a misstep. You think it's a misstep? Have you seen uh, recent pictures of Tom Welling? No. Looks like Superman. Does he? Okay, but I'll Could have had him in Superman Returns. No. Could have had him in Man of Steel. No, you couldn't have. Yes, because you he, he No, because he refuses to wear the suit. No, he doesn't. Because if you show him enough money... He will wear the suit. No, he won't. Uh, it's because uh, you know why I haven't seen pictures of him because he doesn't do the circuit. He d has never been particularly grateful to fans for it. And he was at uh, Comic Con a few, couple years ago before the one I missed. Uh, he was, and uh, I got to talk to everybody from Smallville except for him because he would uh, he he selected three. Uh, major CW outlets to talk to, and that was it. And so he was there under duress. And you know, <laughs> if you've seen the last episode of Smallville, uh, he never wore the wore the suit. They they uh, CG'd it from a distance, 
and then they took a they put like a red red cloth over his shoulders and did a did a, a quick close up so that you could fool people into seeing into thinking that he had the cape on. Um he really did not he did not want to wear it. So um, And that's a misstep by him. I I agree with that because I thought he was good and Christopher Reeve before he passed away, you know, they handed the mantle over to him and and he just didn't want it. So I shouldn't call that a misstep. A guy's got a right to live the life he wants to live. And if he's not a comic book fan, he's not a comic book fan. Life of missteps. Uh, one, yeah. one, one crossover that we didn't uh, also in that same episode, I think, was Felicity from Arrow. Oh, Felicity up. Smoke, yes, yes. And, mm. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is they interviewed Stephen Amell, and Stephen Amell said, you know, they asked him, like, are you disappointed that, you know, you're not going to get to be in, uh, a, mo- in a movie uh, with the rest of the Justice League? And he said, well, um, you know, honestly, I, I, he doesn't think about it. Uh, because if you if, if you really focus on that Arrow is entering into its third season, well, has it started its third season, that its quality, that people love it, isn't the work just as valid and isn't just as hard and good. The fact that um, they only had to do a, do two hours over a three three year period, and he has to do uh, an hour, you know, every, <laughs> every week for yeah. twenty three weeks a year. Uh, to create something quality and compelling that people want to come back and see uh, week after week, he says, "I'll take that." And uh, that he, but he does say, he says, I, "I wish." He says, "I think Grant Gustin should be the Flash in the movies, but he's not." So I, you know, I get to play with him from time to time, and so it, it's, uh, you know, the the only thing I want, reason I call it a misstep is just because. DC or Warner locked into, like I said, like Robert Downey Jr. for Marvel. Stephen Amell is totally, um, you know, he's excited and grateful to be the Green Arrow. But he also said, he's like, I wasn't what anybody thought Green Arrow should be. So er, other interpretations are are just as valid. So I thought, yeah, okay, that's that's that is a really good point. So if the guy who probably had the most to be disappointed about is not, um, then we should shut up. <laughs> but uh... no, I mean the show does something that even the comics didn't do very well, which was and he's got kind of an interesting origin. But once yeah. he's off the island, the origin doesn't matter anymore. He's just got the skills, and this really has tied that whole the the whole flashback thing in in a really interesting and compelling way well yeah no i i i agree i like that in a way that you know um i don't know if you've watched uh constantine yes have you um i i think that uh i think it's gonna pass the flash gordon test and what i mean is, (laughs) is that i'm gonna keep watching it it's gonna get to you know i'm gonna watch past six episodes but i think it's gonna take that long before it can finally shed all the mistakes they made starting. Does he have a sidekick in the comic book? Uh, Chaz recurs for quite a while, but only if the storyline need needed Chaz. That's the girl or the guy? That's the guy. And then he has occasionally, depending on the arc, he has he has a loose – it's not a network, um, but he has loose associations with people. Swamp Thing. And, well, yeah, but that's a loose association, yeah. um, and and Swamp Thing may show show back up. But what uh, 
what they refers to as the character of Zed, who is in the comics, uh, or for for one of the ma- early major arcs in Hellblazer, and uh, Liv was created for the show, and that's right. And she's that, the one they dropped, right? The first, the pilot in, girl. In what has got to be one of the most awkward, awkward reshoots <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Where and and apparently that was even after they showed the pilot at Comic Con, uh, they reshot it so that that whole episode leads up to the John Constantine's totally gonna set her up to travel with him um, because oh, she left. So she left and, he, and 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 it totally betrays who Constantine is. Constantine always does what needs to be done for the bigger picture, even if that betrays people around him. And so in the first episode, because they decided to get rid of her, he goes, no, no, she's a good, you know, she's a good bloke. Oh, and off camera, before she left, she bled on the map (laughs) and left us with seven years worth of plots. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I mean, at least I do love that like Sleepy Hollow did that in the, in the first season where they got a prophecy where they realized they had seven years to combat before to, to stave off the apocalypse. So basically they had, they had a successful run <laughs> of a television series to, before they would have the final confrontation with the big bad. And it's like, that is so hilariously naked and honest that I love it. But in Constantine, it felt so awkward because it was so clear that that was just like, uh, we got rid of her, but we still, we set her up to be really important. So we've got to do this. And, so they do, um, you know, and I also don't don't like that that um, instead of having Chaz organically not appear in an episode, they have to give him an excuse. You can't go to Pennsylvania because there's a warrant out. What? <laughs> no, and it's like uh, did you just not uh, want to pay the guy this week or whatever. But you know, it, it, it's despite that, the second episode I thought was was decent. I, I'm just not quite accepting that it's Constantine yet. Yeah. I, I Do you think they'll take him to, to uh, Europe or London at least? Or uh, I'd say in year two, yeah. if, it, if, it, if it gets renewed. Because uh, I think right now their budget is bad enough that they're, trout, that, that they're making several Los Angeles uh, backlots look like areas around the country. It's an uh, exotic locale or, like Canada. Or it's probably actually Vancouver, right? You know, so uh, they're making Vancouver look like uh, New Orleans and all. But I think that if it gets successful, and and it's actually not unsuccessful. I think it's kind of like mid-range right now. If it gets successful, then in season two they might take him back. Uh, Although the reality is they don't need to do exteriors. They could simply, you know, put him in some place and say, you know, like like Wayne's World. Wow, here we are in London. I'm in Delaware. Where? Yeah, you know, <laughs> so, um, they can do that. It's amazing what they can get away with. So, and uh, we shall see. But, but one to look forward to. Uh, yeah. So, and I lost track. Did I mention Outcast got cast? Yes. That no. That, no. Outcast is uh, was coming to Cinemax. Paul Fugit, who was in Gone Girl and was in uh, Almost Famous. Um, years ago as a child actor uh, has been cast as the lead in Outcast for Cinemax and then I, I keep forgetting that it's on Cinemax because I want to watch the show but I don't get Cinemax and I'm irritated that I'm not going to get there's too many pay networks getting quality comic book adaptations going that mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's ticking me off uh, so couldn't agree more 
you know, and we and we 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 hinted around at the last podcast and never really talked about how you know the other thing is that that all these networks are starting to offer their own online service, and and uh, you know, cable might be on its death now. But on the other hand, if people start realizing how many online services they end up paying for for one show, yeah, um, cable might just have a resurgence because the bundle is yeah, I'll take. I'll, I'll pass over eight shopping channels uh, as the necessary evil for paying less for the movie channel bundle I want. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it will be it will be interesting. But yes, yeah, so we have Cinemax getting Outcast. Uh, I forgot is it the stars that ended up with American Gods, and um, oh, sounds right. Yeah, and then I don't know that HBO is developing. Uh, let's see, AMC ended up with Preacher to go along with Walking Dead, and um, Walking Dead spinoff, and the Walking Dead spinoff, which that can't be the title. Uh, <laughs> Other Walking Dead, <laughs> still walking. Uh, <laughs> They're gonna go for Strolling Dead next. Like, Strolling Have you started yeah. watching it yet, Derek? No, mm. but I'm doing. I'm I'm doing well. Otherwise, Nate, with the time I have, that I'm up. That clearly, thanks, thanks for uh, enlightening me. I'm up to date on the Flash. I'm up to date on Shield. I'm up to date on Constantine. I'm up to date. And no, Gotham. I'm one. I'm one behind on Gotham. I didn't watch this week. This week was good. Yeah, and I'm also. Uh, now I have to watch last night's episode, but I'm also uh, on American Horror Story Freak Show, and uh, which is a fantastic show. So. Uh, God, you gotta love the killer clowns. So, um, American just, Gods is uh, it was announced uh, back in July for stars. For stars, that's what I thought. Uh, that's what I thought. So, um, anyway, so ah, we've reached the end. Unless there's anything else uh, burning for you guys. I went amazing. and uh, checked the Star Wars DVDs and never gave the answer. They were okay. not specifically called Episode Whatever. It's just Star Wars: The Phantom Menace, Star Wars: Attack of the Clones, blah 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 blah. And the only place it says episode is on the scroll at the very beginning of the movie, which I'm sure they'll still do. Yeah. All right. Unless they say episode unknown. Episode unknown. (laughs) And uh, which is actually how we can describe the Congress for the next two years. So, uh, ah, ah, political Oh, you tied that back into the Senate. I did. I did. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. If only we had elected Jar Jar Binks, that would have made as much sense. So, <laughs> Clay Aiken lost. I know. <laughs> I mean, and it was one of those things that was like, that's right, Clay Aiken became a politician. Huh. You know, he, well, let's face it, he didn't win American Idol either. No. But <laughs> two time loser. Two time loser. So. <laughs> If you uh, resent this this la- end of podcast political commentary, uh, please write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com and let us know how you feel and any corrections on anything that we have 
uh, we have said uh, or any commentary or questions, please, please feel free to write in. And, of course, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, do feel free to subscribe, to rate us, because we love hearing that feedback as well. And Apple likes seeing that feedback. And tell your friends you enjoy the Fanboy Planet podcast. You can also find it at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you can also find uh, an Amazon guide so that should you uh, be hearing about something you want to pick up uh, and you don't can't find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, your small business, do uh, get it through Amazon, the Amazon link that we provide because we get a very, very small kickback for every purchase made. And, and since you mentioned Amazon and we are already in November, we should plug the Fanboy Planet Christmas list that will no doubt be going up this year. Absolutely. We need to we'll we'll need to huddle I and, might predict two episodes from now. Okay. We'll huddle up. I'll start that. working on it now. <laughs> excellent. 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 Um so there we go. Uh, and if you're going to pick up your Batman 66, which comes out next week, I did want to uh, remind people it is available on Amazon, but it is also, I, I do think one of the coolest things that uh, DC could have done is that uh, there is a, a comic book store only edition of it uh, that includes hardcover editions of the uh, stories that inspired it. And I believe of, of the, uh, first volume of the Batman sixty six comic book, uh, the the uh, seven hundred dollars. No, no, no. I think it's like <laughs> two hundred and fifty. But you consider that's three seasons with the Batman movie, with the Batgirl pilot, with commentary, uh, and a variety of, of of documentary stuff as well. Is the uh, Batman movie the one that has all the Justice League in it? Or no, 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 uh, no, no, no. It's no, the one with the, the Bat Justice repellent, League. Bat Bat Shark repellent. No, that's the 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 four villains. Uh, the the actual movie made in '67, so um, it's, Lee Wehr, which it, it's the Lee Wehr, the Mary Lee Weather, Mary Weather Catwoman. Catwoman. It's the only. Uh, it's uh, up until now, it has been the only thing that has been available on DVD from the series. So um, it, it's all there. But you get two books if you buy it at a, con- at a comic book store, and that's definitely uh, an interesting take to do it. And I love that DC uh, did an outreach to retailers that have uh, are the reason why Batman's popular. You know, so that that's that's good. Um, so, leave it at that. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Nate Costa and I'm Rick Brettsnyder reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. <laughs> <laughs>
Spotify. Uh, and this is what I'm saying. And this is what I'm like. The anger I have seen on Facebook about the Republican about the election this week is still less than Taylor Swift is no talent. Why they take the title episode seven out of episode seven? <laughs> you know, it's like Toy Story four. They should have left it alone. Meanwhile, um, four states have uh, the the courts have uh, women's rights have just gone back twenty years, and gay marriage in four states has been uh, the ban on gay marriage has been upheld in four states. So. Now that might work out well because now yeah, it's oh. it's going to go to the the Supreme Court and well they've already. They've, They've already, already ducked their they duck their heads into the sound. And what are we talking the right about the uh, subtitle of Star Wars Episode Seven? Yes, <laughs> just for a moment, saying that that was uh, that that was more important on Facebook this week than the elections. Oh no! Yeah, of course. And, Why would anybody care about uh, how the country is run? Yes, exactly. The what? Have you un- updated Evernote? Yes, and let me see. Um, I'm going to do a last sync just in case. So there you go. It's there. Um, the got short stuff. Um, DC announced Convergence. So that's what we were calling the blood moon. Uh, we thought was the blood moon. Um, where basically in that two months, that Band-Aid event is now going to be every reality is coming together. And Ethan Van Skyver is drawing the cover, is drawing the first issue, uh, written by Dan Jurgens, who had, of course, way back when created Zero Hour. So it's a crossover that's basically saying that New 52 is just one of many, many realities that will be accepted in DC continuity. What a surprise. Uh, Marvel kind of released the secret uh, artwork on the Secret Wars Battle World, so the one of their crossovers is real. The big one that has me strangely excited because it's the one manga I actually know is that Marvel announced that next week Avengers and Attack on Titan will cross over in a comic in Japan only. Wow. So, um, no wow, plans. that's going to be weird. Yeah, apparently they're going to face the... Um, and I'm still only on volume three of the manga, and I and I only watched the first episode of the, of the anime, but... Um, th- the press has been treating it like there are very specific titans that people know. And and so to me, they're all just titans, except for the boy that can turn into one. And uh, the, there's a female one, a blonde female, and that's who they'll be fighting uh, on the streets of Manhattan. So, oh, okay. Uh, you know, it's like only a, you know, maybe like a 15-page story, but it's just interesting that there's that crossover. And, I, and you know, we can talk about it, I think, that... Yeah, and, that in the There's anime, enough though. American fans that it's got to come over here legally, you know. Yeah, in the anime, there's a very important blonde titan. I'm only I'm watching. I could I could I could watch ahead because it's all available online. But I've been watching the broadcasts that have been on uh, Cartoon Network, I think, or is it, Adult Swim. Is it Adult Swim? I guess it's Adult Swim. I'm not sure because I know I see it both on. Um, it's on Netflix. Yeah. And it's also on uh, Comcast, but I don't know where it's up, where it's you know being broadcast on Comcast. I just see it, and they only have a few episodes. So I watched the first episode on Netflix, and I haven't gone back to watching it. So I need to. I probably need to rewatch the first episode because I watched it late at night, and I don't remember if I caught everything or not. I mean, it follows the manga pretty well, but um, then movie-wise, of course, uh, the Marvel slate got announced while we were on you know another week off. Um, Great. Thanks, Marvel. Uh, and we can talk about that. Episode 7, Toy Story 4. 
Marvel is officially, I suspected that the leak of the Age of Ultron trailer, which they handled really well, was purposely done. Uh, but no, they sent a, a letter to Google today and requested um, the name of, uh, they requested the records of the guy who leaked the trailer. So they are going after the one who leaked the Age of Ultron trailer last week wow. or two weeks ago. So that's interesting. Well, it's kind of. I, I always expect that they sh- they really should if they're serious yeah. About- no, they should. My suspicion had been that they had done it on purpose, you know, that they had leaked it on purpose because Disney's done that a couple of times right. and claimed, oh, we don't know who leaked this. Look at this, and then you know, but this now turns out to be no. This was I don't know how this guy got it, but he did, you know. So. On television, they have cast their outcast for Robert Kirkman's Cinemax uh, series. And uh, with the um, DC movie slate, both Jeff Johns and Stephen Amell gave really great interviews uh, discussing the fate, uh, why it was okay that the TV universe was not crossing over with the movie universe. And I thought it was worth discussing because I liked what both of them had to say. So there we go. And I think that'll kind of keep us in a in a short amount of uh, shorter amount of time. Uh, the uh, Attack on Titan is on Cartoon Network. Okay, but it's so it's got to be after dark. It's got to be an Adult Swim. Yeah, I'm sure it's Adult Swim. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's late. It's late at night. It's like eleven o'clock or something. That's Adult Swim. Yeah. Which, speaking of, I don't know. If we have to talk about it, but geez, have you seen? Uh, do yourself a favor tonight. It's the weirdest thing after you haven't already. There's the Adult Swim thing called Too Many Cooks. No. Okay, yeah, just go on to YouTube and say and Too Many Cooks. It's Adult Swim. It was on there. Um, they have an infomercial slot. People do mock infomercials, and this is not a mock infomercial. It's like every 80, bad 80s television show uh, mashed together, and that description does it tremendous injustice because it just gets stranger and stranger and funny and then disturbing and then funny again. So (laughs) one of the funniest things I've seen uh, this year, at least. Um, And Sean Becker, I don't know if it was worth it, but Sean Becker directed a Team Unicorn video for the Nerdist, the All About the Base. Oh, he directed that? I haven't seen that. Awesome. Yeah, the, the Nerdist postings, uh, uh, I think Team Unicorn actually gave the shout-out. I don't think Nerdist credited him, but uh, but Team Unicorn said Sean had directed it. So, um, Nate, are you eating? I am. I keep trying to move my headset away from my mouth. I thought it was Coco. Just coming up going, oh, oh, oh. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to adjust the sensitivity here. I'm like, I can't get this. Not okay. Hmm, Nate. Nate. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, my persona this week is going to be that I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been in huge NDA conferences with Microsoft all week long, and then today they basically spilled everything that I was under NDA. <laughs> out to the regular news so isn't that great it's so wonderful but i played with it also so. as it said i said i was on the on the phone with germany at six thirty this morning i'm so international so it's lovely okay so i think we'll we'll start then okay <coughs> are you ready oh, now? excellent have you got your microphone <laughs> repositioned to the the place we 
so carefully put it before you started? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. And I'll I'll point to you in three, two, one. Oh, listen up, fanboy. Good at that. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Nate Costa, and I'm Rick Brettsnyder, reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. Why are we doing this so slowly? I don't know. I was trying to keep pace with Nate because he was slowing down. I try to keep pace with you guys and sounding like Bane. Uh, so, <laughs> use your powers only for good because that's what Bane would Batman. do. <laughs> so, alrighty. Okay. This okay. Was... So now that we're not recording anymore, what's the news? You can't tell anyone. Me? Derek. Well, oh. uh, no, uh, they, 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 basically, uh,